Hey guys, it's Steven. I know what you're thinking. Um, didn't Thor Ragnarok come out in November? Yes. Yes, it did. And that's actually when we recorded this review. Uh, we actually all got a chance to see this movie uh, within a couple weeks of its release. But uh, Sam forgot that we recorded it. Uh, so it's kind of just been sitting on mothballs since then. And we realized, hey, the DVD and Blu-ray comes out this week. So let's go ahead and get this review out and make something of it. I literally have not heard it since we recorded it, so I have no idea what you're about to hear. Uh, there are going to be some definite outdated references to stuff, I'm sure. Um, I have since seen Taika Waititi's What We Do in the Shadows, and it is excellent. Uh, so after you go see Thor Ragnarok, if you haven't seen any of Waititi's other films, definitely go see that one. It's on Amazon Prime streaming right now, in case you're wondering. Um... I think we talk a little bit about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general, and uh, if I recall correctly, we also share our thoughts on the, as of then, brand new Infinity War teaser trailer, which is by now old news, and we've had the Super Bowl trailer since then, too, so... At any rate, uh, we hope you enjoy uh, this review. Uh, don't forget to uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, tell all your friends. Uh, make sure you uh, give us a rating and a review on iTunes uh, or podcast.com. And uh, we hope you uh, stick around for our uh, next episode of Rule of Thirds. Thanks so much. Um, hey, hey, hey! Welcome to a super special edition of Rule of Thirds. Uh, normally, we're three guys who talk about uh, three movies at a time. They're centered around a common theme. But tonight, tonight we're, we're three girls. Different. No! <laughs> your this name. Not your name. That's the last episode. It's up now. Go listen uh, to it. If you've not done if, so already. If only it was your name, though. That was a great movie. That was that was a good movie. And apparently Caleb liked it better than the movie that we're discussing tonight. Uh, we're doing a review of a so. new release, yeah. the uh, the newest entry in the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Taika Waititi's 2017 Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I'm Stephen Foxworthy. Uh, the voice you heard interrupting earlier belongs to Caleb Dunkerson. Indeed. And uh, the other guy floating around here somewhere is uh, my good friend Sam Dumas. How's it going, guys? Uh, well, well, I'm not interrupting. Well. That's, that's what's going on. <laughs> well, if you didn't wait so long after I said your name to say a word, you wouldn't get interrupted, Sam. Yeah, Your Name, a great movie by Makoto Shinkai. He's my cat. Sorry. Uh, everyone everyone having a good evening? No. Everyone, everyone glad to be here? No. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going all right. <laughs> yeah. It's going pretty I, good. I, I was cleaning up Caleb's shit at work. Oh, okay. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't mine, though. No, but it started as someone else's and became yours. Well, how? <laughs> Nothing. It's not. It's not really yeah, you. See, it's not. It, me. It's your lack. It's your lack of being. It's your. It's. It, it's your lack of knowing things that you really shouldn't have to know. But then you guys tell them these people these things. It really you don't have any business. It's just like you don't really need to fret yourself. And then things are confusing for them. Uh well, you, we'll have to talk about this later. That's that's too. <laughs> that's too. Uh, that's why too why is this what we're talking about on our Thor Ragnarok review episode? Because this is what Sam I'm both work for the same company. <laughs> yeah, Sam's like, hey guys, be there at ten o'clock and ten forty. He comes rolling in like, hey guys, what's up? 
<laughs> no, no, I, I, I totally planned to be here at this time, which he did. He was just being an asshole to us. Gosh. Sam, this is why you don't have any other friends. It's typical. Just oh, you guys are my friends? Uh, that's cool. Dang it. I should not have said that. Should not have said that. Thank you. I didn't know that. Thank you. Uh, now I hate myself. Um, I was drinking something tonight, but since Sam was so late, it's gone. So uh, what are you guys drinking Typical. Uh, I got Boddington's Pub Ale. Good call. Established in 1778, two years after the American Revolution, I think. They were they were drowning their sorrows in beer is, is why Boddington's was created. I could see why. I can't stop drinking it. I'm really sad that I'm out because I need like two of these a night. At it's least. really delicious. It is so delicious. Really delicious. Oh, like it's, so, it's so smooth and creamy and refreshing and crisp. Mm-hmm. All those things. All those and things. And a few other things you didn't mention, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. Like Boddington's, like it a lot. Caleb, what are you what are you chugging over there? Well, I just finished this <laughs> bottle of Negra Modelo. Ah. Um, my my absolute one hundred percent favorite go to cheap thing beer that I can get a twelve pack of. Negra Modelo is not bad. I've had far worse beers. Negra Modelo, just fun fact, just side point. Uh, is a beer that you probably should not say the name of really fast. Big call. <laughs> just for good measure. <laughs> Are you speaking from experience there? No, I'm just speaking from hearing Steven say the name of Negro Modelo and thinking, <laughs> hmm, maybe we should slow that down a little bit. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. There you okay, go. <laughs> good. <laughs> That's why we keep you around, Sam. <laughs> Uh, as we said today, we're discussing Thor Ragnarok. I finally got around to seeing it last weekend. Uh, and it's only been out for four weekends uh, now, coming up this weekend. So um, we're striking while the iron is nice and tepid and lukewarm on this one. But uh, we've not gotten a chance to discuss it yet. So um, the only thing I know about what these guys think of it is that Caleb liked your name better than Thor Ragnarok. So I would say the same, actually. That's a uh. thing. <laughs> um, so I, I, I've, I've got some questions that we'll just uh, – Ask, and then if you guys have any other thoughts, we can just kind of toss those out. Uh, first, just as some background, and I know we've discussed this question prior to. Uh, we actually discussed it at the tail end of the last episode, but that got edited out. Uh, and Sam's probably going to edit this out as well, and that's totally on him. So I could just keep talking for 20 minutes. But I know we've discussed this question uh, before, but I want to just kind of for the record and for posterity, um, what are your overall thoughts and impressions on – the MCU Thor franchise. Um, I love it. Generally speaking, Thor is a great movie. The first one. Great. Um, one of the best of that particular phase, which, which phase is that? Is that phase two? That's phase. phase one. Oh, that is, fa- that is phase. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Avengers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, a great phase one movie. Um, one of the best in the phase one, uh, then uh, Thor two, uh, absolute, garbage terrible it's 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 it is a, a truly a piece of 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 trash it's it's abhorrent really um, i kind of liked it yeah well it's not the worst I marvel mean, movie you you it's would it's not the worst marvel movie okay. i will give you that but it, it is may not be for sure it may not be the worst but it is absolutely low tier in an already not very high tier ranking of movies that is the mcu it's it's a bo- it's bottom tier <laughs> mcu for me Along with the second two Iron Man films, I could see that. I personally 
Thor is my favorite MCU character. Now, I've never read the comics at all. I've only okay. seen the movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. but he's my favorite character in the movies. In the movies, not the TV shows, just the movies, MCU. Right. No, that's, that's yeah, duh, Sam. Yeah. That's okay. what the MCU is. I know. I just, I feel like I, I, I don't know. I don't feel anything. Thor is my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have largely been underwhelmed by the Thor films uh, to date. Um, the first one is probably mid-range MCU for me. I just don't get that. It's, I yeah, it just it needs to be one thing or the other thing. It's trying to be too many things. And it did both of those things quite well. I don't think I think it could should have done one of the two instead of doing too many of the things. Nah, it should have either only... been a um, you know a a god ascendant story or it should have been a fish out of water story. Uh, in fact, I would okay. had I been in charge of Thor, which would never have happened and will never happen. But had I been in charge of it, I would have stuck with the fish out of water for, if not the entire movie, at least the first two-thirds of the movie, and then maybe turn the last third into the sci-fi epic that it needed to be. But I think the, the, the change in tone, I like the comedy elements that are prevalent within the Thor series. Um but I, I don't know. The first one, it just it's trying to be too many things. I don't like that. Anyway. I think it's trying to I, I don't I don't understand your criticism to be honest. I think it's trying to be one thing, which is a god ascendant story like you were talking about, and it uses the fish out of water as a narrative device to make that ascendance occur. And it's funny and great and wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. Ascendant at the beginning of the film until so they throw him down just so he can ascend again. Okay. So it's no, he 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 was not. He was not. Uh, he never ascended at the first at the beginning of the film. He was already in a position of of power without any kind of actual responsibility. Right. Or capability. He had he had ascended. He was heir apparent to the throne of Asgard. You can't ascend to that and reascends to the exact same position by the end you, of the film. You can't ascend if you don't. He ascend. ends in the same place he starts with okay. more responsibility. So two steps back, one step forward. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. And it's does he good. actually? I'm he, not he saying it's, it's. I'm not saying it's a bad film. It's it's strictly middle of the pack for me. He he goes from being a dumb teenager, as as we all are, to be to becoming a, a cool guy at the end. <laughs> he learns a life lesson. It's it's a great lesson. It's it's a coming of age movie. Is what it it's is. It's the fourth when best you, film in phase one. When you. Co- no. That's just not. It's not even. I would say really second. Late. I would say second or first. Yeah, for me, it's even. first. But I will concede second for no. those who think Iron Man no. is better. I no, think Iron Man is better, but Iron I would. Man, I, would say, I, could, I could see. I can concede <laughs> to that. Avengers, <laughs> Iron Man. Avengers okay, wasn't. Not very Avengers good. wasn't good. Avengers is great. Avengers no. wasn't good. No. Avengers is great because it it, it no. becomes the template that everyone else mod, uh, attempted to copy. It actually does what it sets out to do well, uh, in that it, it's a story oh, about all of these yeah. other heroes. It spotlights every single one and gives them all a chance to shine. To be honest with you, my Avengers taste is very, very tainted by Age of Ultron, so I really don't even remember the first movie. Because Age of Ultron just tainted everything for me. Age of Ultron is not a good film. Age of Ultron yeah, is a bottom-tier Marvel film. Here's the thing, though. Avengers is a way better film than Age of Ultron because, I mean, let's be honest, it's not I'm hard not to do. do exactly. but, 
But Avengers was underwhelming the moment it came out. I was not impressed with it whenever it came out, to be honest. Yeah, but you you don't like anything, yeah. so. Well, I, that's true, but with the with the notable exception of I love Iron Man, <laughs> the first one only, <laughs> and I love Thor, the first one. And we'll we'll find out how I feel about this new one. We know. Well, how yeah, let's be honest. We've been pretty transparent so far. Four. You said fourth best one, right? Yeah. Then okay. uh, Captain okay. America. Yeah. Captain America is like okay, but <laughs> the not... way the way the way Sam feels about Thor is the way I feel about Captain America. He is my favorite Avenger, both in the comics and in the movies. Oh, I see, love Captain I America. don't really like him that much as a character. Oh, he's great. Honest. And he's, his trilogy is the best of the MCU trilogies. He's not believable as a character. But I, yeah, say, I, can, I can believe in Thor. I can't believe in Captain America. I would say that Captain America has had the most solid trilogy. Absolutely. It's the best. I, mean, I, I like, I I like Dark World. I like, say the best superhero trilogy ever. I Look. like Thor Dark World for me, but I also understand all of your hate for it, and I can concede that. But Captain America trilogy, the weakest of Civil War, and it was still pretty entertaining. Winter Soldier, I agree, is the, the best MCU film yet. It is the gold um, standard by which I judge every other film in the MCU. It's definitely top tier. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's the best for me personally, but uh, that's just because Iron Man's the best. Iron Man's always going to be the best. <laughs> but see, and and it's I, the most I think perfect. I, it's the most perfect because it's. So we've cool. had this argument before, and I said this before, and I'm going to say this again. Uh, I think it was on an old White Trash Voltaire episode. Yeah. Um, but when you say that Iron Man is the best, that means it's pretty much all downhill from Iron Man. And yeah. that's the very first one. Like, it's right. all downhill from the beginning. If you sure. think, I think about it, though. And I, I don't because think that's accurate. With because it's the purest. Because has, it's the purest. Has Black Panther come out yet? No, February. Okay. It's the this most movie popular. just came out, Sam. Okay. It's, 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 Iron Man is the best because it is the, the purest vision uh, executed in the purest way with no baggage from any other sequels or uh, other universes or anything else. It's just a, a, a perfect distillation of an, of an idea of what to do with Iron Man as a character, as a story, as a new wave of superhero movies. And it's, and it's wonderful and it's the best. And then every, from, from there, everything has gotten caught up in a mire of complication from other stuff like everything's being pulled every which way which this film we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> or ragnarok we'll, get, we'll is, get there is 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 uh falls victim to it just like every other mcu movie falls victim to it which is uh too much interconnection with the other films to the point that the identities of these films are not really um their own anymore it's all all mcu films kind of feel like just another MCU film rather than a unique experience. Probably the most different feeling of the recent MCU films for me has been um, Ant-Man was, was somewhat different feeling felt kind of like its own thing. That's interesting. Cause that's and, pretty much Tony Stark with, or Iron Man with thieves. No, not, not really, not really. Okay. I mean, uh, you're wrong. You're thinking okay, of Dr. Strange is Iron, which is Iron, Iron Man with magic. But I mean, yeah. Ant-Man is is that Tony Iron Man? Not really. Not not a, not. I don't see that. I don't see that at all. The okay. tone the tone is totally different in Ant Man, and it feels like its own thing. It feels yeah. almost like something that Edgar Wright wrote, but then didn't direct. 
Wait, that's ironic because <laughs> almost as if, almost as if, almost like that happened. Anyway, uh, yeah. Thor. So there you go. I, I like I like Thor. I like Thor the first one. I think the second one's really bad. Um, and so that's the answer. To I'm your not question. gonna. I I I, in, I enjoy Thor the first one. I think the second one is terrible, as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, let me ask you this, is Thor Ragnarok a worthy third installment to the trilogy begun with Thor and the dark world? I, um, don't know. That's kind of a loaded question. It's kind of a weird so question. Here's the, here's a, here's the answer. You're a weird question. Here's an answer. Here's an answer for you. Answer. Um, I don't know that this is a third film in the Thor franchise exactly i feel like this is a 17th film or or some such in the mcu franchise in which case uh i think it's a worthy film in that context but uh it doesn't really it's just another trilogy it's just another avengers movie really yes there are three it is exactly yes there are three thor movies but there's not like a whole lot of trilogy stuff going on right and I and I would argue the only hero that really gets a true trilogy in the MCU, Iron Man gets one, but it's not very good. Uh, but Captain America has a real true trilogy that has a through line and one consistent narrative told across three separate films. Thor honestly feels the most disjointed mm. of any of the ones that we've that we've seen because the Dark World kind of does have some similarities with the first Thor. Just, the Dark World was trying to be a sequel to Thor, but and and but, this is yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But but this one is not trying to be a an, a third film in the franchise. It's it's just not trying to be that at all. It's trying to be another Avengers movie, also set up for Infinity War. It's just an Avengers movie with fewer Avengers featured, which is has, what all MCU movies are at this point. Really, at this point, and I think. I think Thor Ragnarok works better as a standalone MCU film than it does as part of Thor's overall narrative. Yeah. It does some of that stuff. Um, like it's got Asgard in it and it's got some of the mytho- mythological elements. And, and he finally ascends to the throne, but it was too much Guardians of the Galaxy for me. Right. Which, I mean, it makes sense that Marvel would try to lean into that because that's been its most popular recent franchise. Yeah. Um, and so if you're going to set this movie in space for whatever reason, it makes sense to try to lean into that, you know, that thing that made those films, those the only other space films in the MCU right now, what made those special and what made those unique. And it almost makes me wonder if they're going to do that with Captain Marvel as well. And I kind of hope not, because I think that movie, from what I've heard, that movie is supposed to be a completely different thing. Um, and I like what I've heard about that film, and I really hope they don't try to lean on that direction a little much yeah um how do you guys think that chris hemsworth does with the humor uh in thor ragnarok i like him so let's talk about the humor in thor ragnarok actually yeah go ahead i thought that was some of the funniest stuff in the mc universe it had some of the best comedy and then in the entire franchise i think oh my gosh there were some moments that were just i was cackling in the back of the theater yeah. i love it, it was just generally good funny stuff yeah but i feel like there's too much of it I would explain what you mean by that. Agree with you. Um, that is a well. 
Sam, would you like to explain what you mean by that? Or would you like me to complete my thought and then explain what you mean? Complete your thought. See if I can bounce off of it. <clears throat> I, I think what too much of the humor is something that I think is a really prevalent trait in all MCU films at this point. It's becoming a real problem to the point that the films don't have any, they don't have any real heart to them because any kind of potentially um, uh, uh, like any, any potentially like uh, meaningful moment that could happen in the film uh, is always undercut by a comedic uh, mm-hmm. thing that uh, just kind of like uh, blows off the steam of what would have been an emotional uh, moment or a heartful moment. And that's a general problem I see with the MCU as a whole. And it's definitely here in force with Thor Ragnarok. It's, yeah. They're not slowing down on that undercutting of, of uh, you know, any kind of meaningful Thor Ragnarok should have been one of the most emotional movies in the series so far because like all almost all of my favorite characters were killed off in this movie, and that was his little tree. His friends, I love his friends. And they killed the Warriors Three. They killed him so flippantly too. Oh my word! That shocked me. They died like like they didn't die like in the glory. Like the only one who had even slightly a you know any kind of respect given to him was the. Hogan. I don't know what his name is. The Hogan. the Asian looking one. Hogan. <laughs> yeah, he he uh, he his like at least Hogan. fought. Okay, sure. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan uh, <laughs> fought really well. He put up a good fight, but everybody else guy. just straight up got. They just got killed like immediately when they were on screen. I know. I'm like, with I'm no sitting fanfare here, whatsoever. I was certainly hoping with Thor Ragnarok. Cool, we're gonna be like focused back into like the Asgard, so we're gonna get a lot more of these characters. Because I really love these characters, but then like, yeah, they just kill them off, and then they of have course, like a line each, and they're like, "What the hey?" and they're gone. Yeah, exactly. You're like, and then yeah, and I'm like, so, you brought in Ray Stevenson and uh, and Zachary Levi for that, really? Exactly. Yeah, and like, like those are really good actors. As the humor undercuts so much of the emotion, like like Odin passing should have been yeah. a very emotional th- scene, but again, it's just so. The problem with Thor Ragnarok I had the most is the humor plays into it, but the pacing, the editing, and the pacing was complete shit. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, how so? Explain. It did not dwell on anything emotional. It did not build up to anything. It was just scene, 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 scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, next it's scene, next scene, next scene. Granted, I get it. to be I, fast and snappy. And, I get it. You know. They have a lot to cover in this movie. But honestly, maybe they should have backed off the whole sci-fi thing and mm-hmm. maybe focus more on Asgard. Yeah, I agree completely. I think that it really felt like I was wondering, like, okay, what are where are we going? What are we doing here? This doesn't really feel like it has anything to do with Thor as Thor hangs out in this sci-fi planet, which is ruled by Jeff Goldblum, which was wonderful, wonderful, by the way. But like, we should we should also note at this point that this is going to be a special tie-in episode with our Just for Jeff podcast series. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, that that now podcast that series that's definitely happening. Yeah, it's uh, that's our weekly Jeff Goldblum retrospective. Oh, um, you're not listening not a, to it. Oh, how strange! You should be. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, we we jumped onto that right after we finished our Rolling with Brolin podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I what who are we gonna do next? Because we're almost uh, Seymour uh, uh, Hoffman. It's it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's gonna be Seymour yeah. Philip Hoffman. The uh, the next uh, yeah the next podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, check that one out. That one's going to be great. Um, 
Gosh, I love Philip that's, Seymour Hoffman. That's C. Moore, Philip Hoffman. Right. S-E-E-M-O-R-E, Philip Hoffman. It's a yeah. joke. <laughs> anyway, that's what we, we in the business call a pun. <laughs> well, going back to Thor, this is the thing is I had so many qualms with the pacing, but the humor in it was just so dang clever that it kind of left me leaving the theater, like not knowing how to feel. It's like, I should hate this movie because mm. technically speaking, it was terrible. But at the same time, some of the humor in it was just so spot on and like delivered so well. Mm-hmm. That was in such great characters. Like the yeah, this, some some of the strongest characterizations that I think I've seen. Yeah, I hated Loki's character in this movie, honestly. Why? Because he was just a punching bag for jokes, and that kind of pissed me off. Yeah, I've hated Loki's character for a while in every movie, for a while. But that's Why? that's probably a, a separate issue. Um, I'm just tired of seeing him, to be honest. He's been like the villain no. of almost everything in, He's in been Phase in four One. Movies. In Phase I, One, he was the villain of literally everything, and then in Phase the Two, first, the first Thor movie and the first Avengers movie. That's it. I think and then, he's a great character then, to have. But and you... then Thor Two, and ever since then, it's been he's been just kind of a looming threat since Thor Two, as he should be. And I think he's a great character to have as a looming threat. But he was no threat in this movie at all. No, he was just like a, a bro. He, yeah, he, seemed to, he did seem Damn. a bit neutered in this film. Very of neutered. course, next to Hela, kind of everyone seemed a bit neutered. He made um, he made his uh, he made his weak like little effort to be like I'm gonna be bad. I'm gonna betray you guys. But like that's the worst thing that he did as a as Loki it, the trickster. It, it was pretty weak. It has come to the point where he either needs to turn good or go evil. Like right. he's been teetering too long, but not in a good way. Like where he's played the anti-hero villain. Yeah. Like how like Magneto from X Men's always been kind of that way. It's uh, to a point where you need to either choose. I well, and I think they, I think they've gone that route more because of the fan response to Loki, because the fans I, freaking love Loki. And I get and it. I love him. I love him and too. And that's just, the problem is that you can't make your movies based off of just what the fans like. You know, like because uh, people don't know, know what they. There's like ten. Have you not seen a movie lately? Because that's pretty much Super- all Hollywood does. Now. Have you seen Supernatural? Past <laughs> <laughs> season I, five. I, Right. My point exactly. I mean, my point exactly. You can't do things based on what the fans want because what the fans want, fans like people don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. That's what the that's what the job of creators is to do is to figure out what people actually want and then make it. You don't ask people what they want and then do that because that's not what they really want. They don't know. People are stupid. We're stupid. I'm stupid. You're stupid. We're all stupid. We don't know. Speak for yourself. But But when we see something we like, we understand it and respond with it. And when we, whenever somebody just asks you, Hey, what do you like? And and then I'll make that for you. It never ends up being good. <laughs> they need to do something with Loki. That's all I'm saying. They need to and do I, something. Let, let me play off this. Cause I, it's, it's been firmly established, not necessarily here, but pretty much everywhere that the MCU has a villain problem. Um, oh, sure. They don't do villains. Well, their villains are, two-dimensional uh, at work or at, I mean, just flat out non-entities at worst, but, you know, two-dimensional, um, not very compelling characters. Um, most people would say that Loki generally is the best villain the MCU has to offer so far. Um, how do you think uh, the villains in Thor Ragnarok, namely Hela and Scourge, kind of stack up in that hierarchy of, of Marvel's disappointing villains? Are they better than average? Are they pretty much par for the course. Yeah. They fall somewhere in the Malekith Ronin category. Not everyone's Vincent D'Onofrio. 
I mean, we can't all be Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> no, I like Scourge, actually, as a villain. Sort of, because he wasn't really that much of a villain. Yeah. He had more depth to him than, because he really wasn't a villain. Right. He, almost, he, he, he was, was, he was a more villain. He was a more well-rounded character. He was a well-rounded character. He was, like, almost a villain, and then he wasn't, then he's, like, cowardly, but then he did heroic stuff in the end. He was, like, actually, I liked his character arc a lot. Yeah, he's, he agree. actually has an arc in this film, which is he great. Does. Mm-hmm. An and entire he gets, arc. A very fleshed out arc. Yeah, and he has, I would say, probably one of the most B.A. hero moments in the third act of the film, mm-hmm. which is great. I, how is that? I did not expect it from him, and that I was genuinely pleasantly surprised when he did the right thing at the end. Helen, is that who she? Hella. Hella. I mean, I didn't really think of her, honestly, as the villain. Again, it's the problem is that this movie didn't focus on Ragnarok. It was focused on this weird alien planet. Yeah. So I really didn't think much about her. And the, the I, I'm, I'm going just... to... She filled a spot. Um, yeah, she, she played the villain well, but ultimately, even though she is played by the unparalleled and wonderful Kate Blanchett, there wasn't much to that character. I mean, and she is having a good time. You can tell mm-hmm. she's really having fun and sinking her teeth into whatever's there for her. Unfortunately... There's really not much there. There's not much meat on them bones that she's picking. Um, but she does She does great work. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the best that she's ever done, but she does really good work in this film. I liked her character, what there was of it to like, but I don't know that I would make the argument that she is herself a, a compelling villain of any Here, kind. Here's the thing about about her, that, I, that as far as my, you know, what I got out of it is that She's built up to be like this completely like psychotic, insane monster. And she really doesn't come off that way. She comes off as this, you know, swaggering, charismatic, you know, kind of a, 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 a you know, a, a, a badass empowered woman. Right. <laughs> Which is fine. Uh, except for not for how they set up this character, because they set her up to be like this, just this monster. And she really doesn't, seem that monstrous she seems just like kind of a, a swaggering you know badass character right she well, doesn't she have does like she doesn't her, have like a, very sympathetically I she agree. doesn't have like a madness to her i was expecting her whenever we got to see her i was expecting her to be to kind of like a, a a loose you know insane mad woman and she doesn't come off of the, as that she's she's a very well composed person and it just doesn't strike me as like what I expected from this villain was for her to be more of a force of nature type thing mm. where she would just be a, a psychotic, you know, force of destruction. But she really just she has too much personality and no substance to her character. If she had been more uh, like feral, then it would have been okay that she didn't have much substance to her character because she would have been a monster, you know? She comes she across been, to me very much like a female Loki. Had she been more feral, she probably would have actually been more well-developed as a character, had more personality, actually. Well, because, I mean, there are reasons for her to be a feral, yeah. monstrous, you know, insane woman, and she just no, I, isn't. And I agree with that. I think, again, he <laughs> she comes, looks she like it off. when we first see her, but that's where it ends. Right. Yeah, but again, I agree with like Steve. She comes off as a more female, as a female Loki, down to the color scheme. Makes you wonder if maybe Thor was the adopted son. I saw that meme too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great but, meme. But yeah, she's well too. She's too well composed. And honestly, why did she need Scourge to help her with anything? It's just I didn't. She was she's a weak villain. No, good villain. 
there was a great villain in this movie was Jeff Goldblum's villain. Yeah. Yes. I don't I, I didn't know whether or not to classify him as a villain. He is a villain because he is like the epitome of like rich. Yeah. Sheltered. He's your, I get he's my your, he's your one percent he's your one percenter royalty type, you know, villain. Yeah. He's not necessarily like like an actively like super malicious dude. He's just so not on the same plane of existence as everybody else that he does things that are just not okay. And he just doesn't realize that that's a problem. So yeah, he's right. a, he's a villain and he's a great one. I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster was just such a treat. Such a treat. It was. It was, um, it was fantastic. I loved it. The, the end credit scene where he decides that the revolution is a draw maybe my favorite moment of his in the entire film. Well, and that plays into that, that plays so perfectly into his character as established. It's just like, yeah, you know, this guy's like, he's, he's on a totally different plane of existence than everybody else. And he thinks this worked out to a draw and that's his call to make. (laughs) And the, uh, beautiful, apparently, uh, he and, uh, Benicio del Toro's character from guardians of the galaxy are supposed to be brothers. Yeah. There's a couple. The of, I think there's a couple of them. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I mean, like in the comic series, they're. Oh yeah, he's the he's the celestial. I think is the. Is that what they're what they I are? I think. I think. Gosh, now you're gonna make me look it up. Because I thought for some reason, no, that wouldn't make sense. I don't know. Yes, they are. So there's a, there's another one out there too. I think. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Oh, I don't know anything. That'd about That'd be great to get those two together in a room. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm hoping they have something to do together in Infinity War. Well, they insane. they have to they have to have something to do with each other at some point because those like, are insanely flamboyant selves, right? I mean, why would they be setting up these this this group of characters if they didn't have anything for them to do aside from just? And they both have like, that really weird blue line running right from their bottom lip down their chin. Jeff Goldblum's is thicker and far more blue, but they both have that blue line. Mm-hmm. running um i'll i'll keep looking this up um so let's let's talk about some of our uh favorite and least favorite things oh there's like 50 of them they're called of the uh, the elders of the universe elders there you go yeah because you got the traitor was, oh ego ego there. that's the other one ego is the other one okay uh, yeah. uh i just yeah, got from uh guardians of the galaxy guardians 2 yeah guardians so. 2 Ego. Oh, I haven't seen it. Haven't seen ah, it. See. Uh, it's on my. It's. I'm ready. I've got it queued up on the Plex server. I'm it's on your Plex it. server. Check it out. I, I, you know what? I, I, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I got nothing to do tomorrow. I'm going to watch of it tomorrow. Not. Do it's it. Great movie. Do it. But yes, that's it okay. what I mean. not as good as the first one. Honestly, I think I like Thor Ragnarok better than. Guardians I've heard too, mixed that's... reports about Guardians of the Galaxy two. I've heard from. I've heard both. Both answers I've heard not as good as the first one and better than the first one. So I've heard, I like Ego as a villain actually. That thing was a great. Villain. I think Ego is one of the better villains. Uh, I just wish they'd done a better job with the overall film. I can see that, but yeah, yeah, no, I knew there was. A, I knew there was a third person. I knew there was a third one in this movie. All right, so what Ego. is your? Let's start with the favorites. Let's start with the stuff that we liked. Uh, what is your favorite line, scene, or moment from Thor Ragnarok? Dude, I don't remember what line yeah, is like. We saw it like on opening week. <laughs> I said scene or moment, gentlemen. If you can't think of a line, pick one of the other ones. <laughs> I said or, not and, geniuses. Well, I liked everything that is it Taki Wakati? How do you pronounce it? Taika Waititi. Whatever his character's name is, I liked everything Korg? with him until I, until I found out it wasn't Riz Darby, and then I hated everything with him in it. 
<laughs> the New Zealanders all sound the exact same to me. But I love it. Um, I love New Zealand. I want to hug all of New Zealand and thank them for their wonderful <laughs> delivery of lines. No matter what they say, it's just ter- it's a great delivery. New Zealand, um, you got it going on. I liked, uh, you know, a lot of stuff in this movie. I don't know. It's uh, I liked I liked, I, you know, a good a, a you know a fun time a, a good fun time in the in the movie was whenever was whenever uh, uh, Thor and Hulk are fighting in the in the arena. That was fun. I, I like that. That was that was, that was, that was a, a great time. scene. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, everybody. Uh, you know, uh, Thor had some great. You know, uh, attitude in there about the whole situation, and then there was some nice uh, smacking each other around. I, it, it was a good fun, fun. You know, fighting moment in in yeah. this movie. You know, know what I think? Callbacks and homages, and you know, what I think some of the best lines were was when Bruce Banner was dressed as Tony Stark. <laughs> that was some of the best lines. There, there were some really great lines in there, but they yeah. also. But then listening to all these lines happening in a row in context of this film and how I feel about Marvel Cinematic Universe comedy, it all, it all also made me want to die a little bit inside. But it was funny. <laughs> it was, but it made me want to die, too. <laughs> See, it's that's like... how this movie made me feel. <laughs> I wanted to die, but at the same time, I loved it. It was you know, definitely a divisive film. Yeah, it's, it's divisive within my own mind. <laughs> and my own heart. I liked it. I don't know what y'all are complaining about. But. Oh, I liked it too. I mean, like whenever when it came out of the theater, I had a smile on my face, and that's a good sign that I had an enjoyable time. Like whenever I come out of the theater with a smile on my face, that's like a definitive yes, this was a good time. And whenever it's a good time, that's good, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean it was a great movie, you know? I had a really good time uh, with Jurassic World, also, but that's not a good movie. No, no, it's not. But but I came out of the theater with a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. And I had had a good time. It's a good movie, but it's a terrible movie. Right. It doesn't have to be... You don't You're have right. to be a good movie to be a good movie, you know? When we when we watch the uh, Fast and Furious movie, Steven, you're going to learn what we're talking about. Right, oh, yeah, gosh. yeah. That's perfect, uh, yeah. Once you've seen them, you're going to understand this this concept we're talking about. Because those are not good movies, but they are fantastic movies. <laughs> terrible, but great. Oh, yeah. I love them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I think my favorite scene would probably be the gladiatorial arena scene. Um, it's just so much fun. Um, watching those two beat each other up, watching uh, Goldblum and Hiddleston like play off of each other up in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just a lot of good stuff going on in that scene, and I just I really enjoyed it. That was probably, that's probably my favorite uh, scene of the film. Um, favorite performance in the film? Uh, Jeff Goldblum, obviously. Obviously, I don't know. Actually, I think every, I think there's a few good performances. But there are I some think really strong performances in this film. There are, so it's kind of hard to pick. But the play, just a side topic, the play that was performed. <laughs> oh did you catch my all gosh! The, did you catch all the cameos. I did. There's three of them. Yes, and they're all cameos. wonderful. <laughs> Matt Damon as Loki. Matt Damon as Loki. Uh, is it Luke Hemsworth? Uh, Luke, uh, or as I like to call him, the other other Hemsworth. Uh, and Chris Sam and Liam's ne- older brother as yeah, Thor. And then Sam Neill as Odin. Sam freaking Neill <laughs> as like, Odin. What is this, Jurassic Park? Is one Laura, Laura Dern, is that her name? Away from being Jurassic yeah, Park. We are. We are, a, we are one Laura Dern away from Jurassic from a Jurassic Park. 
Um, no, that was wonderful. And I loved that. Uh, and in fact, if I had a best cameo section, those three guys would win it handily because that was hilarious. Like it top was. to bottom, hysterical. Um, loved it. Loved that scene. Uh, performance, like I said, a lot of good ones. Goldblum is, is great, but I don't know – how much of that was performance and how much of that was just gold bloom being gold bloom. So I'm, I, I don't know that I can call well, that one. I really feel like that it was, it was gold bloom, but, but taken to a much more flamboyant than usual level. Is it more flamboyant than usual? Have, I, you, I seen his interviews? Say, I Have you seen his interviews? Yeah, he's well more yeah, flamboyant than what he normally comes off as in his, in the films that I've seen of him. Yeah. So like, maybe not the, Maybe not more flamboyant than Jeff Goldblum in real life, in which case I guess it wouldn't be much of a performance. But, you know, based on his other films that I've seen, I would say this is a much more flamboyant representation than I've seen before. I'm going to give, thought, I'm gonna give best performance. Wonderful. I'm going to give best performance to Tessa Thompson uh, as Valkyrie. Uh, I thought she was great. Uh, she, she, she has most of the emotional heavy lifting in this movie. Um, which, and I think she does it very well. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give best, my, my best performance award. I'm going to give to her. I thought she did a really good job. See, I would have loved Taika Watiti, Watiti's performance. Watiti, yeah. But why, but it pisses me off when directors put themselves in the movies with some exceptions. And that's one of those exceptions where there's no exception. Like, why did you put yourself <laughs> in the movie? Why didn't you just get a different New Zealander to put in there? You all sound the same. You all talk the same, deliver the same way. <laughs> All of our New Zealand listeners who would like to send your hate mail to Sam, please do so at ruleofthirdspodcast at gmail.com. Well, no. Um, it's it's just subject line, Sam, you are wrong. No, I'm not wrong because you all talk the same. And it's fine because that's why I love every single one of you. But I just don't understand why he had to put himself in that role. Because he was wanted he, to play it, man. Cameos is one thing, but I hate it when they directors, for the most part, put themselves in movies with the exception of Stephen Chow. Or George, uh, George Orwell, uh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles only did it because no, he couldn't find anyone else that could do it. Well, Stephen Chow does it for the almost same reasons. He's like he always creates insanely humble, shallow characters for himself, anyways. So I like a lot of the stuff he does. So he's an exception. Well, and I, I don't know that I wouldn't call Korg a humble or shallow character, um, except for the fact that he's got like most of the best lines in the movie. And that's the problem. It's just like. Hey, I want to put myself in here and have all the and deliver all the good lines of the movie. Which um, is, I thought is a little arrogant. It, it this film felt a lot more freeform in terms of dialogue. Like I could tell there was a lot of improv going on on set. Um, which the only other Marvel movie that felt that way, and I think to its detriment, was uh, Iron Man Two, which felt very improv-y, and that is why it's the worst one. Because it just felt like, hey, let's just improv this take and not like rehearse that improv at all. It's just, you know, say the first thing that pops into your head. Whereas this felt like they ran through the scene five or six times, tried some different things, stuck with what worked. Um, it, it felt very loose in that regard, which is why I enjoyed it. But a lot of those lines kind of come from uh, from YTD. Um, the, the conversation about weapons that he has with Thor may be my favorite exchange in the film where he's talking about what you rode the hammer, hammer rode you on your back. The hammer <laughs> pulled you off. Like all that stuff was just pure gold. Um, mm -hmm. Absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, favorite performance I would, I would give to Valkyrie, but that's me. 
There were um, some good performances. Yeah, like I said, movie full of good performances. Mm. Um, so I, you know, and 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 in any movie with Kate Blanchett, you know, there's going to be a great performance at least in her because she's <laughs> even if she's the weakest wonderful. character. I freak even, but still, she plays that weakest character very well. Like I yeah. love Kate Blanchett; she is one of the greatest actresses alive right now. Um, yes, even better, I would say, than Meryl Streep. Come huh. at me. I think Come that at we can all agree. Everyone's better than Meryl Streep. I'm a better actress than Meryl Streep. Um, no, everyone actress. loves Meryl Streep, man. Meryl Streep is the female Tom Hanks. I don't get it either. She is not. She I don't get Tom Hanks either. either, but that's, again. That's because you're wrong. That's because well, he's the male Meryl Streep. <laughs> maybe that's it. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't get the Meryl Streep hype. I do think she's a talented actress. I don't think she's as talented as she thinks she is. Um, but hey, what do I know? Well, how talented does she think she is? She's pretty arrogant. She's extremely no. arrogant. Very. See, I don't. Arrogant. I don't. I don't talk to her often. That's so. kind of pissed me off. Like she's. Well, I mean, watch, watch, watch her like some of her acceptance speeches, and you'll kind of get. Yeah. You'll you'll kind of get what she thinks of herself. Yeah. She oh, thinks she, I've never watched an acceptance speech of anything. Uh, watch, in my watch life. some of them. Yeah, watch some of Meryl Streep's acceptance speeches. You'll you'll be. <laughs> You'll be as flummoxed as I am. <laughs> um, favorite new character? Uh, I've got you know, Valkyrie, Hela, Korg, the Grandmaster, uh, Surtur, played by uh, the wonderful Clancy Brown, um, Topaz, Fenris, Meek, the Asgardian acting troupe. Uh, favorite, favorite new character or characters? Hmm. Hmm. I'll go first. Um, in terms of characters, Grandmaster is fun. Just so much fun. Uh, it's it's probably a toss-up between him and Korg, who is also just ridiculously fun. I, I'm going to go with Grandmaster also. I hope Korg is Really? Awesome. You? You're, you're going to go with the Jeff Goldblum character? But I have to say, though, I have to say, I did like Hulk in this movie, and I feel like that Hulk, as represented in this movie, is a new character. I almost included Talking Hulk on that list. He yeah, was definitely I, the best I, Hulk. I really like yet. this. I really like this version of Hulk. We see um, we see a Hulk that's actually evolved, right? Um, beyond what he has been, which is under which is one necessary and two um, welcome. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that that change in his personality. Favorite character that lost an eyeball? Uh, well, Thor. Uh, great Metal Gear Solid 2 moment. Is For those it? of us, yes, it is. Caleb, okay. you know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. Straight up to the, like, the dialogue, you're looking more like father every day. <laughs> so yes. it's this video game series from like 15 years ago. One of the clones, clones of like Big Boss. Loses his eye in the game and like has an eye patch. Everyone keeps commenting how he looks more and more like him every day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah. someone's been playing Metal Gear Solid, and that that may have been a straight up reference to that. I had no idea. Doesn't matter. It was still fun. I like when characters actually lose things. I, I, I think I, mean, when, I like characters that lose. I was gonna say <laughs> right. most. I mean, there's, there's especially like, heroes. Marvel Especially has the a history of, uh, of characters losing limbs. So, um, yeah, there's lots of... Oh, yeah, in every every film in Phase 2 has someone losing an arm. Who loses an arm? Um, in Phase 2, let's go down the line. Iron Man uh, 3, one of the, uh, one of the 
what do they call the extremist victims loses an arm and it grows no, back? No, 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 no. I'm talking about heroes of the Avengers who lost an arm. Thor lost an arm, but it he was part of Loki's illusion oh. in Dark World. Count? Dude, I'm telling you. No, we're talking about actual loss. We're not talking about like illusions and tricks and, and or tricks. villains or, Bucky, or like in Winter Soldier. Who? Uh, Bucky. Okay, that doesn't count. Yeah, if you discount all of the examples, then of course they don't count, moron. Well, this, I mean, that didn't happen in Winter Soldier. Like, that just happened at some point. Like, you I think see what, him what, looking what, at his hands, and one of them is missing. What we're talking about How can you look at it if it's missing? What, what, what I think that I'm getting at, and I think Sam is getting at too, is watching a character lose something along their journey. Whereas, I want to see Captain America lose his leg, or uh, actually... Did what's his face lose his le- use of his legs? The uh, um, war machine. Uh, yeah, Does he it did. Establish well, he lost no, well, no. He at the end of uh, at the end of uh, Civil War, he's like in therapy, like walking around on crutches and stuff. So apparently, exactly. that's going to end up being just fine. So there's like no consequences whatsoever. Exactly. He should have lost completely. Yeah, use I of wanted his him legs. to die. I wanted them to kill him. I wanted him to die too. Yeah, I mean, not that I wanted War Machine to die. It's not specifically that. It's just that. If they were gonna do something to somebody, they needed to kill them, and they just didn't. And that, like, for, why? Because <laughs> that that would have actually created a better rift between Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah, and and there's like, and the MCU has no teeth because they're afraid of killing any of their characters because well, they're all money. That's why I'm kind of looking forward to Infinity War because I highly expect a lot of these high paid actors to get killed off so they can bring in lower paid. Please, dear God, please let's do it. Let's kill them. Let's kill, <laughs> kill these Iron actors. Man, kill Captain let's America. Kill. Uh, I like Bucky. I hope he takes up the reign of Captain America. I'd watch Captain America movies with him as Captain Sam, America. Sam, let, let's let's you and me go kill these actors. No, I don't want to do that because I like the actors for the most part. Oh. Okay. Well, clearly we're not on the same page here. No, I don't. Are like we Downey. ever on the same page? I don't like Robert Downey Jr. Uh, me and Sam all. are on the same page sometimes. It's because you guys share a brain between the two of you most days. Hardly. Um. Biggest gripe about Thor Ragnarok. I said it like 45 minutes ago. Shit pacing. Caleb? I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I, I really, I mean, my, uh, honestly, my biggest thing, my biggest gripe is the lack of any kind of like real heart to it. That's that's going to be the biggest problem for me. But the pacing is bad too. Um, and, and plays into the, that part of that problem as well. No No ability to dwell on any kind of losses or anything like that. Or to set any stakes. That too. Yeah, and that's generally the lack of stakes is a pretty big problem across the MCU because it's hard to set stakes when you know all these guys are going to show up in the next movie. Which I really hope they fix the Infinity War. So I'm hoping the Infinity War is like a big reset button for them. Um, if not that, then Avengers 4 will be, whatever oh, that's geez. going to be. No, they know what that's going to be. What is it? Well, it was going to be Infinity War Part 2, but they've said that that's not going to happen anymore. So it's going to be Infinity War and then Avengers, whatever the next Avengers film is going to be. They probably won't announce it until after Infinity War is out. In my research just now, I did this fast. Uh, apparently Infinity War is not going to be the movie you want it to be. Avengers 4 is going to be the movie that we want it to be. That's what I said. It is what you said. And now the internet well, in, in what way? Exactly. In, the, in the fact that that is the MCU. That's movie. when everyone's contract expires. Mm-hmm. It is. And that's when they're going to – they say – uh, the guy who's in charge of everything, uh, Kevin Feig, Feige, uh-huh. Feige, says that 
by the end of by the, after the next twenty movies, everything is going to be everything before Avengers four, and everything's going to be after Avengers four. Is how you'll separate it. Which means, like, Avengers 4 will be the phase reboot, yeah. bring in all the different actors and stuff to cover roles and whatnot. Which kind of sucks. I really think they need to kill off Captain America. Not Captain America, Iron Man. Both. They will. Both. They will kill off both of them. Don Cheadle will become the new uh, Iron Man, and um, I'm cool with that. what's his face? Uh, Sebastian Stan will become the new uh, Captain America. And that's what I want. That is what I want. So yeah, that's, that's not that's nearly what, as cool. That's not nearly as cool as my idea for what would happen. But you know, whatever. What would happen in your idea, Caleb? Oh, my idea involves the Infinity War movie uh, being relevant to the uh, the uh, resetting of the MCU. You don't know that it's not going to be. You just don't because we don't. No one knows what Infi- what Avengers Four is going to be. It could very well be an extension of Infinity War. We just don't know yet. Sure, sure. It's just that the fact that they have taken away the part one, part two naming convention suggests that they won't have a very close linkage to one another. So is it going to be like a six hour long movie then? The only, thing, um, the only way I can imagine this movie to be done well is having it in two parts for it being yeah. obnoxiously long with as many characters they're bringing in here. I want mm-hmm. enough screen time to like every character except for Dr. Strange because he sucks. And for them to kill off the characters. Like, I don't want, I, I swear, if the Guardians of the Galaxy show up for like 10 minutes, say some funny stuff, and then leave, I will be pissed. I honestly, from, well, do we want to go ahead and talk about the Infinity War trailer now? I haven't seen it. Watch it. Like, right Watch now? Right now. Yeah. Right now. Okay. Well, before I do that, I would like to say what my idea for the Infinity War would be, okay? Just yeah. so that y'all know what it is and, and, and have a baseline for where I'm coming from. I think it would be awesome if everybody dies in the Infinity War. And by everybody, I mean like all of the old contracts expiring people that need to be gone. Just kill all those people off. You know, your Iron Mans, your Captain's Americas, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, And uh, kill those guys off definitively. And then what you do from there is you say... Uh, the way you kill them off is that uh, Thanos, with the Infinity Gauntlet completed, uh, destroys like half of the universe all in one, and in the process kills like half of the heroes, right? Uh, and then ultimately the remaining heroes defeat Thanos, and the Infinity Guard, as I understand them to be, which is a group of people including some of the characters of Guardians of the Galaxy and others, or the Infinity Watch, that's what they're called, right? Infinity Watch? You, sure. you guys know more about the comics than I do, I would assume. Well, at least I think Steven does, probably. Maybe. Uh, I, you know, the, the space stuff is the one area of the MCU where I am woefully ignorant. Okay. I don't know nearly as much about the cosmic stuff as I should. Okay, well, uh, as I understand it, because uh, I, I came up with this idea while talking to a much more knowledgeable about the comics person, a friend, acquaintance of mine, uh, and we kind of workshop this idea together and he thought it was sounded awesome but the idea is that you kill all these heroes that you don't want around anymore uh by you know in the process of thanos destroying the universe um and then the uh remaining heroes including peter quill take over the uh, take the infinity gauntlet and use it to remake the universe 
as I understand it, something similar to that happens in the uh, in the uh, actual uh, Infinity War storyline, but not exactly the way that I'm describing it. The idea would be that he brings that Peter Quill, being the person who knows about Earth, is responsible for recreating Earth it, because he's the he's like the Infinity Watch person who knows anything about Earth. So he is responsible for recreating Earth in this re resurrected universe that's being reconstructed with the infinity gauntlet and as a result because all of his knowledge of earth is like 1980s like as a kid knowledge then earth gets like backdated to the 80s and then all of the new heroes can or all of the heroes that need replacing like iron man and so on and so forth can actually just literally be reset to a previous point in history and then happen again in a different and new way and also, so, you get to backdate the you get to backdate the entire MCU into the '80s, which would be fun and cool. <laughs> I mean, that would pretty much wipe out Spider-Man, though, which is no Spider-Man could be around. It's just his entire world is yeah, but he's up. a teenager now, so he's <laughs> yeah. But this idea came about before all the Spider-Man stuff happened. Okay, this was an one. idea. I haven't seen that. I haven't one. seen it. It's I good. Seen Michael it Keaton either. is great. I went to go get it because Redbox told me they had it. And then they didn't have it even as an option, so I got Wonder Woman instead. And I'm really sad about that. Wonder Woman is now on both Caleb's and or on mine and soon to be Caleb's Plex servers too. So. Oh, There's going to be so many ways to watch Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh man, it's so terrible. Is I, it? I've heard that it's really good until it falls completely apart in the third act. Well, it falls apart in the first like two hours because it's so boring. Man, it's, it's a boring movie. It's like a two-hour movie. <sighs> oh. Well, look. Uh, all I'm saying is, I've heard it's it's. it's great. I should it's have screenshot that book because it's wonderful. Uh, but no, I mean the Infinity War trailer. Um, from the looks of it, just kind of to go back on a to what we were talking about earlier. From what I can see, it looks like there's probably going to be two completely different parts of the story. The one taking place in space with Thor and the Guardians. And the one taking place on Earth with the the Avengers and Spider Man and Doctor Strange. And I like the idea of the Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy teaming up because that's all I care about. Well, that's you'll get your wish. The only ones that, that really have they're the only ones that really have anything to do with the cosmic MCU events. Anyway. At this point, yeah, they'll so. be bringing in Captain Marvel um, before Avengers Four, so she'll probably play a role in that film. Mm. Um, but that one is supposed to be set in the 90s um, and is going to feature a two-eyed Nick Fury. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel oh, about that. fun. Yeah. Fun. So. I, I like the idea of doing things in different time periods. I'm really yeah. tired of the ambiguously right now time period that we exist in in the MCU. I don't Let's like Go back it. to World War II of Captain America. That, that was, was great. That was great. Um, the problem is the, that this uh, is a really boring time period to set things in. Because it it's, now, it's because like post now. post nine eleven. Yeah, it's it's really annoying. <laughs> well, we already got past the post nine eleven world, and now we're in whatever's past that. <laughs> we're in this weird ass stage of life. We all hate it. We all hate ourselves. We got Trump as a president. What the hell? Oh uh, yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Times are bad. I do know how that happened, and it's terrifying. Um, so what everyone says. But I don't believe it. So, anyone. where does Ragnarok stack amongst the myriad other films in the MCU released up to this point? The greatest one they've ever made to date. 
Really? Um, no, because I don't rank these movies. Yeah. I just watch them. I mean, them, would you put on. it like top tier, mid tier, bottom tier? Bottom I, would tier. This, I would say directly mid tier. No, I would put I this know. in the upper 50% because I don't rank most of these movies very highly. Uh, I would put it as the best of the Thor films so far. Uh, probably upper mid tier. <laughs> Well, Obviously, you guys we all disagree. know we're, we're all going to disagree with you on that one, but because uh, um, Thor one is average at uh, best, real, real good movie, a real good movie, Probably. average at best, right? Exactly, possibly the best movie in terms of uh, you know how how well the narrative is constructed and works. The best that the best of being directly all the, average all the yeah, MCU movies, yeah, I would say probably the most be- the most well narratively constructed movie. The best of being you know not interesting enough to be top tier. But not bad enough to be bottom. Yeah, I agree. Basis, even you're wrong. It's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. No, it's okay. I, you guys, you're like, just because like, I'm in the minority doesn't mean I'm wrong. You like Star Trek. You're going to um, be wrong about stuff. Uh, there's this. There's no electoral college to back you up, Stephen. The majority is all that matters here on Rule of Thirds. That's this not is true. a socialist democracy. Well, if if the majority is all that matters, <laughs> then you guys are in the minority of everyone else in the world because this movie is getting rave reviews all over the place. See, I don't see everyone else in the world in my room right now, do I? <laughs> or or I'm not. I'm not in your room right now either. Or, so. or in your room. Wait. Well, I didn't say I hate this movie. I just it left me feeling so emotionally split that i don't know how i feel about this movie i love it and you're entitled to that opinion even if it's wrong i felt devoid of emotion but full of like jovial jovialness people think christopher nolan's good but he's not so it's okay to be right christopher nolan's a competent filmmaker his films just aren't that interesting exactly Uh, any excuse the the guy knows how to make a movie and he knows how to tell a story. I just don't find the stories he has to tell all that interesting. Yeah, you know, his important. best stories are the ones the, where he's not the one who made the story. <laughs> the Prestige! Is yes! The best movie he made. It's a great That, movie. I would I agree. That, that, is, that is his shining star. I like oh, The Dark Knight, sure. but I think his brother wrote that, didn't he? Uh, he... I don't know. Uh, and I don't want to look it up right now because I don't care that much. Any excuse to make fun of Christopher Nolan? I mean, we've we've all got our we've all Did got the people we love Dunkirk? and hate. On this I didn't. I haven't yet. I will. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. It's gonna. <laughs> you look disgusted too. I. Uh, He's like, oh, I'm gonna have to see this at some point. <laughs> I I will. I'm gonna see it. Um, it's got Mark Rylance in it, and I freaking love Mark Rylance. So there's that. It's got that going for it. Uh, but it's also got Harry Styles in it. So. <laughs> I mean, that's I a thing. about that. <laughs> that's a thing that happens. Mark Rylance and Harry Styles are in a movie together. And that is a thing that happened in this world. And we all have to live in a world where that is a thing that's happened. What is so, a Harry Styles even? Um, you know, I've heard he is... I've heard it likened to that one episode of Game of Thrones that Ed Sheeran was in. I don't watch both of those things. Okay, well, there you go. I listen to one Ed Sheeran song, that's it. That's the Lord of the Rings song. That's Ed Sheeran was in Lord of the Rings? Uh, he did the music for The Hobbit. Oh, that doesn't count. Those movies do not exist. Except yeah, for the really I, badass I wizard that. stuff that happened. Yeah, but that was like a, a tiny little slice of the movies. Yeah, and you know what? And, was, and also uh, like was... original, original fake... Fake news, original content that wasn't in the book. 
Except it was so badass it somehow overshadowed the entire trilogy in my mind that I actually thought the trilogy was good until I reflected upon it and realized that I only liked a total of 10 minutes of that entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. And that was all the wizard stuff. It was a good 10 minutes. It would have been nice if that was just like a little short, like a little extra that you can watch yeah. and not have to watch the rest of the movies. So let's talk about the Infinity War trailer. I haven't okay. seen it. Yeah, we'll watch it now so we can talk about it. All right, and so now with the magic of editing, Caleb has watched the Infinity War trailer, and we are going to talk about it now. So what did you guys think of the Infinity War trailer? So uh, I think I'm that I sure. would like to say, since it's really fresh in my mind right now, before you guys say anything, really important point here. Uh, I feel like that Thanos looks like uh, he should be Josh, like a, a... Rolling with Brolin. It looks, looks like, like Josh Brolin. Yeah, looks like. Looks like he should be like a 90s uh, WWE wrestler. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the aesthetic that we're that's, going for. That's pretty much what he looks like to me. Uh, he looks kind of dumb. <laughs> Are you saying Josh Brolin looks dumb? I uh, think that's what he said. Well, no, he looks I mean, like a purple Josh Brolin. He does. He does, he does look like a, a but like a really like a really big like like 90s WWE wrestler version of Josh Brolin because he doesn't really look like a WWE wrestler really. In real life, IRL, you know, uh, at least in my experience with Josh Brolin, not not so much a, a wrestler type, um, but Thanos very much looks like a wrestler. Uh, well, and I think they took off a lot of the armor that you, we saw him wearing previously, uh, because if you notice, the two stones in the gauntlet are the Power Stone and the Space Stone, and when you got a Power Stone, you don't really need a lot of armor, because you got a Power Stone. So he probably just shed the armor for that reason. Yeah, well, but he looked, he, he looked more stylish in the armor. Yeah. He looked more flashy and stylish in the armor. Ooh, now he looks just kind of like a wrestler. I think they just wanted to show off how proud they are they got Josh Brolin to be in a movie. Right? <laughs> I mean, I mean that right. guy has almost been as many superhero properties as Ryan Reynolds. So this is like his – this is his second, and then he'll, <laughs> uh, Cable will be his third. So. Oh, he's going to be Cable with Ryan yes. Reynolds as yeah. Deadpool. I'm looking forward to that movie. That'll be no. fun. But Vision yeah. totally dies in this trailer. Um, kind of. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, when you think about what Vision is made out of. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, he'll he'll be back, I'm sure, because Paul Bettany doesn't do anything otherwise. I mean, the guy, when they asked him to be Vision, he would, had just been told by his agent that he was done in Hollywood. Um, and then Joss Whedon called him while he's moping outside, said, hey, you want to be Vision? So it's not like Paul Bettany's got a lot of people knocking down his door to, to do other stuff, which is sad because Paul Bettany's a great actor. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, you do see uh, Vision getting the uh, Infinity Stone ripped out of his head, which, let's be honest, we knew was going to probably happen in this film at some point. Uh, I don't think that means he's going to be gone for good. He'll be back, I'm sure. They've got him under contract, so they're going to want to use him. No, but but you see what I mean by it kind of looks like there's two different stories running because the stuff with Thor all looked like it was taking place out in space. Like even when he's like pulling those levers on that giant wheel thingy, like he's in space and then runs into the Guardians either at the beginning of or at the end of the movie. Uh, but it looks like there's two completely different things happening. I would argue there's almost three different things it looks like it's going on. Okay. You know, you know, like Iron Man and some magicians and Spider-Man stuff going on. But then you got like Black Panther hanging out with Captain America and the Winter Soldier stuff going on. 
Well, Africa. the um, yeah, so maybe there's an Africa, but but by the end, it looks like everybody's converged on Africa because Hulk's with Doctor Strange at the beginning, but at the end, he's with Captain America and the rest in Wakanda, yeah. um, fighting alongside the Wakandan army, I assume. Um, but the um, the uh, the Hulk falling into or Bruce Banner kind of waking up in the stairwell of the Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, is reminiscent of the beginning of the actual Infinity War comic, but instead of Hulk, it's actually Silver Surfer. But since Fox has Silver Surfer, they can't use him, so they're probably using Hulk to fill that story function. Uh, he's the one that kind of falls into the Sanctum Sanctorum and says, oh, hey, by the way, Thanos is coming. Um, so I think that Hulk's probably going to fill that function because he's on the ship that Thor and Loki... Uh, are on when at the end of Thor Ragnarok when they meet uh, when Thanos' ship appears right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Asgardian refugee crisis is probably not ever going to reach Earth because they're probably all going to die, along with just about everyone else from that survived the end of Thor Ragnarok, making that movie completely pointless. Oh, what a bummer! So there you go. Thor Ragnarok is a movie that didn't happen. But, yeah. So, that's a thing. Um, what else? The Spider-Man's wearing the new suit from the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. But you guys I haven't seen that see yet. That. So, I saw one of uh, you, you, you dang, you done spoiled me. You ruined the whole movie for me. I mean, kind of, but not really. I didn't really ruin much. Is he better than the guy who was in the second series of Spider-Man yes. movies? Okay, Tom Holland, I would argue, is the best Spider-Man yet. Who was the one from the second series? Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Oh, he's such a weird actor. I don't like his head. He is. He's odd. He's odd. Uh, I do want to see Silence that he's in, the Martin Scorsese film that got released last year. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. That one looks wonderful, and I've heard he's wonderful in it. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he is a weird, weird actor. Um, but, yeah. Um, trying to think of other cool stuff that was in that trailer um, that I'm not – remembering right now uh loki clearly dies he gets the infinity cube ripped out of his arm i don't know no but it looks like he's (laughs) finally completing his mission from the first avengers film which is recovering the the tesseract for uh for thanos and it looks like thanos does finally get it because you see him putting it in the gauntlet oh you know what that was the thing about for ragnarok that i liked was when she was going through the vault and she looked at it and says fake, and then moved it on. Knocks the knocks the gauntlet over. Yeah, yeah, because that had been kind of one of those plot holes that fans were like, "Wait, but why?" Yeah, in in makeup. See, it's to the game. These these women look less less good than they look like normally, just in regular life. Well, let me tell you. And what I the don't gays know why that is. Soil. <laughs> let me tell you what the gays are doing to our soil. Them liberal types out there in Hollywood are trying to turn everyone homosexual. By making all the pretty women look ugly. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I wonder See, if... I don't, I don't actually think that's funny, so... I, I wonder if, uh, you know... Oh, well, you don't... You don't. There's a reference there that you, you're not getting, so... Uh, yeah. yeah. You would have to be... Uh, you'd have to have li- listened to uh, some Dead Milkman to get that particular reference that Sam's making and then adapting to this. I know that's one better. Dead Milkman song at all. You should know. Well, you, clearly you don't know the right one. <laughs> Which song is that, Steven? Uh, I think it's called If You Love Somebody, Set Them on Fire. Yep. Okay. 
That's a good one. Not the one. <laughs> not the one we need right now. Yeah, I'm glad you know that song. I have a lot more respect for you. Steve. I know that. I know that song thanks to uh, my f- college friend Dan Allmiller. So Dan, if you're listening, I have you to thank for the one dead milkman song that I know. Well, you know, I'm disappointed in in this Dan character <laughs> for not making you know more dead milkman songs than that. <laughs> Well, he probably knows more, but that was the one that I listened to and said, that's really funny, send me that song, and so he did. Ah, but see, there was your fatal mistake. You should have said, send me that album. I didn't care that much. Send me that band. Right. The entire, right. Uh, anything else to say about Thor Ragnarok or the Infinity War trailer? Um, uh, we didn't talk about Idris Elba at all. I think he was great. Oh yeah, he is cool. He's cool. I like him. Idris Elba's when was he bad? Good, good guy. When was he bad? Good, 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 cool guy. Yeah, Idris Elba's literally never been bad in anything, even if the movie's crap. Even if he's, it's The Dark great. Tower by Stephen King. Uh, <laughs> did anybody see that? I didn't. I, I haven't seen I, it. I heard so some I things, man. Cannot vouch, but I heard some things. <laughs> Idris Elba's great, so I can only assume he's great in that movie. Uh, all right. Well, then, if there's nothing more to be said, then I guess that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Rule of Thirds. Um, hey, let us know what you think about anything uh, by emailing us at uh, third. Or, I'm sorry, Rule of Thirds Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we will probably read your comments on the podcast uh, if you have something worthwhile to say, and maybe even if you don't. But hey, give us a shot. Uh, you can also find us on all the social medias: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're at all of those at Thirds Rule. Uh, you can also check out our website, thirdsrule.wordpress.com, uh, to see our show archives and uh, a lot of other content that we have up there. Um, so from all of us here at Rule of Thirds, for the loudly typing Caleb and the uh, Sorry. the ambivalent-looking Samuel Dumas, uh, I'm Stephen Foxworthy uh, saying good night and good luck. Emma. Quite unique. It was made from this... A special metal from the heart of a dying star. And when I spun it really, really fast, it gave me the ability to fly. You rode a hammer? No, I, I didn't ride the hammer. The hammer rode you on your back? No, no, no. I, I used to spin it really fast, and it, it would it would pull me off the... Oh, my God. The hammer pulled you off? The ground. It would pull me off the ground, up into the air, and I would fly. Every time I threw it, it would always come back to me. Sounds like you had a pretty special and intimate relationship with this hammer, and that losing it was almost comparable to losing a loved one. It's a nice way of putting it.